Welcome into the Fairweather Podcast, where we discuss all things San Diego Loyal Soccer Club. The Fairweather Podcast is brought to you by the Beautiful Game Network and sponsored by Roughneck Scarves. Oh, how's it going? Woo woo! We're live. Yay! We are live. How is everything going? Everything is good right in this moment, and that's all I'm going to say. Yay! Perfect, perfect. <laughs> How about you, Alan? Uh, good. Um, had a relatively fun morning of watching multiple uh, soccer matches at the same time. Uh, checking out the NWSL Cup. That's going on right now. Uh, Houston is about ready to take on New Jersey, New York, New Everything, Sky Blue. Uh, and I'm pulling for Houston Dash. They've been really fun to watch. Uh, so <laughs> if you're not watching the NWSL Challenge Cup, please do. Um, MLS is back, but I don't have uh, ESPN on my cable subscription, so I will not be watching that. So, um, yeah. Yeah, I can watch highlights. Right? I, I, I'm in front of my computer all day long with MLS. I'm like, oh, okay. I'll watch it highlights. Is. And it's like Orlando versus Inter-Miami. So it's not even a game that I'm like super interested in because it's... Yeah. Orlando and Inter Miami. Um, what game would you be interested in? Um, I would probably like figure out a way to watch maybe like an El, El Clasico or not El Clasico, El Trafico, although it's yes. not El Trafico anymore. Um, I don't know. There's just like a bunch of players not playing that mm-hmm. I would be interested in watching. Um, like Carlos Vela, who's not playing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Dallas pulled out um, for safety reasons. Nashville's having some issues. Um, yeah. It just seems like a giant poop show in Orlando, um, <laughs> which is juxtaposed against uh, what seems to be working giant really well. Tottenham show, basically, is what you're saying. <laughs> giant nope. Tottenham show. Oh, no comment. No comment. Come on, um, you can hate Tottenham with me. Let's do it I can, together. I, can, I don't know if I can hate them. I can strongly dislike them. Okay, um, so there's a big match on Sunday. I know we we're switching to EPL, but go ahead, finish, finish. Oh, just I was saying, juxtapose that with what's going on with the NWSL right now. It seems right. like the women have it figured out uh, to a much larger degree than the men do. But are we surprised? Um, I'm not. So, Big game on Sunday. <laughs> yes. North London Derby, as they say. Yes. Tottenham versus Arsenal. So. And the way those teams are playing, who knows? Who knows? Thanks for the update, Glenn. Glenn, like, goal Orlando. I, saw, I did see the highlight of the first goal, mm. and that was a pretty goal. Um, <laughs> apparently, someone got injured, and there was a stretcher. And, but regardless... I'm not saying it regardless. I'm not saying that because that's still not a word in my life, even though they put it in the dictionary. Um, yes. Um, yeah. yeah. So this weekend is going to be big for me. I know I'm like trying to live right now in this moment, but mm-hmm. um, yeah, the North London Derby is on Sunday morning at 830 local time. So we'll oh, probably be having some champagne and the Gooner gals are going to get together on a Zoom watch party, and maybe there'll be some clips on, on the broadcast, so we'll see. Nice. Uh, again, another television appearance for me. <laughs> Looking forward <laughs> to the weekend, weekend, even though it's not Friday, Friday yet. 
Yeah. Um, right. You know. Right. Chris is running a little bit behind. Uh, we will check in with him as soon as he gets here. Um, cause we have a question about some pork rinds that he had and I oh, am yeah. super curious about those pork <laughs> rinds, but we'll have to wait. Um, we'll have to break into the food <laughs> segment like we do later when, yeah. uh, we need a name. So, Anyone have ideas for names for, for our food segment? Cause literally, I mean, it can, can it be Zizzo's appetizos? I don't, I don't know <laughs> if that like works, but, uh. You could try it out. Uh, I don't know. Fairweather Foodcast do a whole podcast about food. I would not. <laughs> I don't. That's too much. Special episode. Podcast. I mean, they could be little segments. Like there I don't you know. go. There you go. Uh, so big week in USL this week as teams are gearing up to play. Um, mm-hmm. So there are. I'm sure most people have figured this out, but if you haven't, there are eight groups. Uh, for West Conference groups, for Eastern Conference groups. Uh, you play 12 games in each group and four games outside. Now, I was looking at some of the schedules. Orange County plays Vegas four times instead of three. So I wonder if there's a scheduling issue and a team travel issue with uh, the teams that they are playing. And then the top two of each group make uh, the playoffs. Uh, we are in Group B with four other teams. Um, to run down the groups real quick, um, we only really care about the Western Conference because we won't see the East unless we play um, in the final. Uh, you can look up the East. There's some pretty good groups. Check out Group E. Uh, should be pretty fun to watch. Um, and Group F should be interesting. Uh, but in the West, we have Tacoma, Portland, Sacramento, and Reno. Um, we'll talk about our group in a second. Group C, Monarchs, Colorado Springs, Switchbacks, New Mexico, United, El Paso, local locomotive and group d is san antonio rgv austin okc energy and tulsa um any of those groups in your um research stand out at all uh as possibly fun ones to watch well i mean i know group b is going to be really fun to watch because that's our team San Diego loyals playing um mm-hmm. but um i was reading the um article by uh uh, Nicholas Murray mm-hmm. about predictions of what's going to happen. And he's basically saying that like Phoenix and OCSC are going to like take our group. So one, how dare you not respect our club <laughs> Two, um, I really want to prove him wrong. So um, I think I know Phoenix is going to be tough. Um, they always have been. And obviously we went up against lights before. So I think it'll be interesting to see how they adjust, it, you know, and mm-hmm. and how they are playing now. And like we only see we only saw who was it they played Tacoma, right? The second game. Was it Tacoma yeah. they played? Yeah, yeah mm-hmm. Tacoma. I forget. It was so long ago. Um, and lights. So I think it'll be really interesting to see how, if they've adjusted anything. Um, it's almost like a new, I mean, it is a new restart, but it's like, okay, new season completely. I know we have, um, you know, already some games under us. But, um, yeah, I think, um, I think I'm just also excited because it's a regional matchup so there's some like city rivalry in there like la mm-hmm. and oc versus sd so mm-hmm. that'll be fun that's where i come from that's my feedback on b hey chris Glenn. hi chris hey what's up how you guys doing we're good, good. how are you <laughs> doing good man doing good 
we we're did. Gonna... We're gonna talk about your vegan pork rinds, but we'll we'll okay. defer that towards the end, where we can like you know talk about our food things and. Okay. Uh, okay. You know. Don't mind me. I'm just uh, hooking up my coffee right now with a little bit of Kerrygold and uh, MCT oil. Oh. We're about Very to get nice. on that. Yeah. Nice. I, I've heard people talk about that, but I have never had the courage to try it. It's pretty good. Um, so. We'll have to get a review about that one later. We'll get into Chris's corner and uh, yeah, have uh, <laughs> vegan the, pork rinds and, and coffee recipes. The yeah. culinary culture. <laughs> nice. Uh, any uh, any group, uh, Chris, that you are excited to uh, watch? Uh, you know, I mean, honestly, like <clears throat> I'm obviously excited to watch uh, this grouping, Group B, uh, with with. With Phoenix and OC sitting there, I mean, honestly, you have like the way the schedule really works out. If you think about it, and sorry, I'm all I'm all sweating, man. I don't even know why I got hot coffee, but that's just the California in me to do that. <laughs> to do that, but uh, anyways, um, when you have to, when you look at it, it's like if Loyal is doing so well, then those last couple of games of the season where you play Phoenix back to back, essentially, those kind of uh, cement like Loyal's place on the table. But again, it, the tables can kind of work the other way. If, if Phoenix has got a secure spot, like everyone is saying, you know what I mean? Then to me, like everyone else is going to have to wait to see the results of those two back-to-back season closers against Phoenix, you know? And um, and it's cool that you have them, that, that, that they're put together that way when it comes to having to play um, a squad three times, is it? Um, because of the fact that they're close together. So it isn't going to be like you've already played them earlier on when the team's trying to find form. It's like that is the form. And and if the club is not up to that point by those last couple of games, then, I mean, you know, then, it's, then that's going to hurt them. But that's probably the great thing about having Phoenix last like that. Yeah, I think um... – Orange County has been retooling lately. Um, Phoenix has tons of players. Um, and, I mean, Orange County and and Phoenix are, are the – everyone's going to pick them to get out of the group. They're kind of historically been really good. Uh, but last year, Orange County, I think, went 2-2-2 two, two, and two against these three other teams. Um, you catch Orange County at the right time – they might not be playing well. Um, you catch Phoenix with the group already locked up and you play them back to back. Maybe they put in some of their, you know, third string guys to rest up for the playoffs. Uh, Cause everyone knows it's going to be championship or bust for Phoenix this year. Uh, they don't want to get to the comp, the, the finals and uh, get beat again. Uh, so, it's going to be, I think, a very kind of World Cup-y kind of feel where one game or two games can really throw a wrench into either Orange County or Phoenix's um, <laughs> uh, Phoenix's plans. Yeah, Harry, uh, OC and Rising are definitely the top two. Uh, Orange uh, Loyal has a chance. They are a, a wild card, a dark horse. Uh, Los Dos, I'm going to talk about two teams in a second, but Los Dos, it kind of just depends on who they leave behind, who they can play, who they can't play. Um, and maybe they go on a run later. 
in the, in the season when the MLS is over. Um, and yeah. I, and with Los Dos now, a bunch of their talented borderline guys might be in Orlando. Uh, so you might see Los Dos, um, if they're in a position to make a deep run later in the season, you might see that. And then Vegas, who knows? They have a new coach. They have kind of a new preseason. So um, we might see a more defensive-minded, more um, tactically sound group than you're used to seeing with Vegas, who's usually uh, chaos, 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 and try to get a win. You might see a more structured defense where now Vegas is – Maybe a little bit harder out. Brew agrees. Um, <laughs> the group in the West that I'm super interested in watching is actually Group C. Um, I think you have uh, New Mexico, El Paso are um, solid teams. Maybe not um, El Paso, maybe not trending the right direction, uh, but they're still going to be a tough team to beat. New Mexico's retooled, and they're going to be fun. Uh, and then Real Monarchs, who won last year. Um, I think B is the deeper of the two, but I think C is going to be a really fun one to kind of watch um, these teams um, develop some rivalries or continue to develop some rival rivalries with New Mexico and El Paso. Um, I'm going to be interested to watch that one. I think A is pretty predictable. I think D is going to be news fest. I think it's probably going to be San Antonio and Austin. Um, and then three other teams that I don't really care too much about. Um, I think this is San Antonio's opportunity to get into the playoffs uh, and they might lose that first round, but at least you, you get in and you see what happens. Yeah. You know, to add to that, I mean, I really think that uh, one thing the fans got to keep in, in to consideration. And I mean, of course, knowing this truly with New Mexico in their first season is that, you know, <clears throat> it's not, it isn't unheard of an expansion team to obviously get hot and go on a run, you know, and to be peaking so early. Um, but, you know, it's been, it's been proven that, you know, teams can't get hot too early. They got to kind of have the right sort of pace because at this point you don't have as many games to recover and try to refine your form. So, you know, while it would be great for loyal to obviously continue on the tear that they're at, you know, don't be upset, you know, if there's a draw here and there, because, you know, if they're away and they get a point, um, that's great. They need to at least get a point on the road. If they can get three, even better. Um, but you really get more concerned about the team having their form towards the end of the season. So, um, you know, again, like it's, it's, it shouldn't be, oh man, we lost the game. It's over. You know, no, don't have that sort of thought. Just, Again, you know, I mean, I've already seen it. So it really just comes down to your team just needs to peak at the right time, you know, and you got five subs. So hopefully the coach should keep his players rested very well, be able to rotate when needed, you know, and, you know, if the opponent doesn't necessarily call for your super studly first team, then by all means, like put in, you know, the guys that aren't getting the minutes and kind of, you know, add, you know, a sweet, a sweet, addition every once in a while, but you, you don't have to do that. You know what I mean? So. Yeah. I, go ahead, Martha. You're gonna, I was going to say Harry, Harry has a comment if, and wants to know if loyal has depth. Uh, we're, there were nine Ooh. different starters between the first game and the second game. 
Um, and I thought the first game they put out a pretty strong starting 11. Um, and then they came out with another pretty strong starting 11. Um, you have, um, I mean, even the, the Tacoma game, you had Irvin Parra didn't even start. Um, Mm-hmm. And you still had uh, Lawal out there playing a really good target striker role. Uh, you have depth at the midfield. You have depth at the back. You don't. You like Joe Greenspan is going to be the anchor, but you still have a really solid back three without Joe Greenspan in that in in the team. So mm-hmm. I do think depth is going to play a role. But I do. You know, Harry's right. Phoenix has crazy depth. Orange County has depth. It's a little bit younger. Uh, they have some kids in the back from Rangers, uh, but they they've signed a couple uh, couple people to add to that attacking depth. And Orange County looked like, hey, we got to put something on the pitch. Um, and but with Orange County, we've seen you know a couple key injuries, and now they're pretty thin in spots. Um, loyal, that I think the the Joe Greenspan needs to be healthy, and I think we need to keep that midfield depth there with you know if a couple key players go out we have a a depleted midfield um but i do think in group c with you know we saw with uh new mexico last year with that lack of depth el paso might have some issues as well but if they're playing teams that also lack depth then there is no huge disadvantage whereas if you put in like uh if you swapped a couple of those teams where phoenix was now in group c and someone else was in group b there would be a distinct advantage, but I think there's tons of depth in group B and it makes it kind of scary to think about. Um, Well, but depth isn't always just how many players you have on the roster. I mean, obviously it is going to be the sort of experience that you have on the roster and it's, and it, and you have to also look at how these teams are put together, right? I mean, you know, are these teams put together with the coach's perspective, having attacking mindset? Did he go out and just find a bunch of attackers or did he build his team with more of a defensive mindset uh, mindset? Mm-hmm. I mean, New Mexico, for instance, you know, was not built very defensively in their first year. They were built with a lot of attackers, but they didn't have that sort of depth, meaning experience um, in their backfield, you know. And so in their offseason, obviously, they added, you know, some defensive strength you know that that they they fought with defense in mind first so i mean when it comes to loyal you know with this back three you know i think what you also want to see is what else is there what other formation you know is that going to kind of transform into because i mean phoenix when you have a back three and you got phoenix and they've got pace and they play up like that that back three may not be back three much longer it may have to be a different sort of backline formation they may have to do much in the midfield the five looks nice there but mm-hmm. i mean phoenix has pace you know and if they get loyal playing up too much then yeah. that's going to create some opportunities for either side either flank going down and you know when you got asante and 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 other players involved i mean that could be a little dangerous too so yeah i think we saw a little bit of a more defensive mindset against to come on the road uh, where you can put a couple wing backs um, and more defensive-minded guys to make a back five, and then you had the two guys. You have like Beverly and Collins sitting right in front of the five. Now you're rolling way more defensive. Now that puts you at a disadvantage moving forward, um, but I think that gives you a solid defense to build around. 
um, and kind of counter punch, but Phoenix knows counterattacking too. Like that's that was a huge part of their success last year, was mm-hmm. the ability to turn possession into attack really quickly. Um, do you feel any clubs will have a home field advantage? Um, weather permitting, maybe. Um, I think Phoenix there's that weather. I think yeah, weather is going to play a part. I think comfortability of playing in your in your spot, travel, uh, not having to travel to like a midweek if you get a home game. Um, I think that's going to be the home field advantage of not having to to travel um, and being able to stay at home maybe gives you an extra day of recovery um, versus, hey, we're going to hop on a plane. And even though it's going to Phoenix or maybe going to Vegas, that's still a little bit of wear and tear on your body and time that you're not recovering, you're sitting in an airport and then sitting on a plane um, so I think that's where the the home field home field advantage is coming from, and then who knows what happens by the end of the season? You might see places wanting to let fans in, and that might change things. Um, well, in, a, in addition to that, um, Alan, is that you know if if Group B and C should meet up um, in the quarterfinals, um, then you might have to throw altitude into the mix as well. Um, you know, so you're talking elevation, and that does play a part, you know, with certain, certain mm-hmm. teams, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, you mm-hmm. can, you can condition your players through certain things, put them in hot rooms, things like that to try to, you know, get that humidity. But I mean, you go to Arizona, you're going to deal with like high temps, but you know, if you say you're in like, if you're like in a San Antonio where Harry lives, I mean, the minute you get off the plane, it's like you got like five monkeys on your back and you're trying to go to yeah. Sonic to get a root beer float. You know what I mean? So it's just, you know, it's, it, there are variables, you know, yeah. there are variables. Well, is uh real salt like having fans? I know they posted about that. They changed their mind on that. Uh, it was like a, a TBA situation. Uh, I mean, uh, they seem, seem like they might do it later, but I think that as we've been kind of seeing that float around, even with, with the Utah Royal season ticket, uh, members like getting like emails about fans towards the semis of the NWSL cup. So, I mean, I think they're, they're toying with the idea. You know what I mean? It looks mm-hmm. like it was just going to season ticket members. So if, if anything like that, they're probably thinking like the small number. I, I don't know if it's going to happen though. You know what I mean? So. Yeah. Glenn, Glenn, yeah. Glenn wants to know the elevation. It's over 4,000 feet, 4226. So. Yeah. For Salt Lake City, Hi. yeah, and the stadium. The stadium is just outside of Salt Lake. If you're watching the women's um, women's cup, it's all kind of that same area, um, yeah. that same kind of complex. Uh, Real Monarchs are having fans. Yeah, I saw. I saw that they were trying to cap it because they're playing at the MLS Stadium, which hose, houses twenty thousand, I think, and they're letting five in, um, or at least that's what they're planning on. I don't know how that may show up. Um, mm-hmm. I think it's a little bit irresponsible, but that's my personal decision. Um, Let's just see how they space them out. Maybe they just do one every six seats. Yeah, they. But put you're out, still gonna have to come across each other though. They put out a crazy thing like um, seating entrance times um, for when you can come into the stadium. They're going to be doing dismissal, like it's like high school where it's all right. These people can go. These people can go. Um, oh my god. Cafeteria <laughs> style for lunch. Yeah. Flashback. Right? Table one, you're allowed to go. Um, so I, 
I I don't I don't know. Um, but I, I think I do... if it's not safe for the players, I think if if fans were to go and there was a way to keep them way away, then I mean I don't know. It's it's hard to really decide for. Yeah, there's Everyone some, else, you know, there's some rules about the press as well, and like mm-hmm. no after game interviews, and only photographers allowed on the down on the field, and it's like they're mm-hmm. trying, but I mean, yeah. is it is it worth it to put the players, possibly put the players or other fans at risk to have fans in a stadium, in a big stadium that's going to feel empty and only a couple, you know, mm-hmm. if everyone shows up, only a couple thousand fans, maybe. I mean. Who knows? Yeah. Um, before we get into that Real Monarchs game. Brew wants to say something. Brew does. <laughs> he, does. He, uh, he asked me. Thank you. Thank you for the great question, Brew. Um, he asked me, looking at Orange County's first two games are against Phoenix. If Orange County starts the season on one point after three games, uh, does that give a path for San Diego to make the playoffs? Uh, and if it, you know, if it doesn't, what path do we see for San Diego? Do you think that there's a way for them to get to the playoffs? And what do you think it's going to take? Do you want to hit sure. that first, Marissa? Um, so this is a hard question for me to a- answer because I'm very much like my life is like, how you live in this moment so like i am not i have not come up with stories or scenarios in my head of how they potentially get to playoffs so that's just how i live um of course i want them to get there but the thought of them only getting one point after three games i'm like yes this is like perfect how it's supposed to happen so i think that i can only really say for me, I have not created any stories or scenarios of them, their path to uh, loyal or loyal getting to the playoffs. Um, and that's where I'm, where I'm at. Um, I want to look at each. I want to see how they have really built upon this time and all the different training styles, you know, group training and then team training that um, it's almost like, a blessing that we've gotten all this extra time to train together and really, I think, form that team um, mentality. So that's where I'm coming from in terms of non-tactical things. Um, but yeah, Chris, what do you have to say? I mean, I was just sitting here listening to you and uh, look, four points in the first two games. I mean, those are the two games and that's how that that's how those results should have went. I mean, mm-hmm. was there a win against Vegas? I mean, hard to say. I mean, mm-hmm. we know Vegas is, you know, they're kind of here and there as far as at least how that, how that club was. Um, what will Vegas look like after the firing of Juan Elba? You know, yeah. it looked vastly different, you know, as far as who they brought in and what, what type of play style that they come mm-hmm. out with. I, I, I think that there's still a club – that you have to think about. I mean, I don't think that there's really anyone in the group that you can't, that you can't not think about. Um, but I think that four points is, is that four points is what should have happened. Now, if you didn't, if we didn't win against Tacoma, um, I would be a little bit more concerned if you only got a right. point, point or none, because 
that's a team that really is got, I mean, they have their scrubs on that squad. You know what I'm saying? Anyone that was good on that squad is probably with the first team. So, you know, going forward, yeah, you're really com- you're competing with OC, I would say, but mm-hmm. it doesn't mean that like a Las Vegas or Los Dos can't like be be like the uh, guys rolling around with the hatchets trying to like take you out too and securing a way for OC. So, you know, you really you need to get some some distance, okay? Because in the Western Conference, the thing from last year, if you even go look at last year's table, and, and Harry will attest, is that the table was close. It was like within points of each other. It was like everyone was holding on to a point at a time, like almost like the top 14 teams were still in con- consideration for postseason all the way down to like almost like the last five games of the season, you know, whereas the Eastern Conference, there was definitely some distance between like the top eight teams and then so. So what needs to happen in Group B is that the, there needs to be distance, right? So the, the top three teams, for we'll say Loyal, OC, and Phoenix, need to just go ahead and put LA and uh, Las Vegas behind like there should really not be any point acclimation or accumulation there and then once that's kind of decided then it's to me it's it's just an all out you know and i I think oc personally i think that you're you're not not really going to know the difference between oc and s and and san diego until probably about halfway in i mean that's that's probably my my assumption is that we're probably not going to know the spread, you know, and it could come down to the wire as, as Nick Murray has put it, but we need to see some distance. Yeah. Um, the reason we're talking about two teams is that's who makes it through group B. So three teams out of the five will not make the playoffs regardless of how much better of a team they might be than a different team from group A or mm-hmm. C or D. Um, you get first or second place and that's it. Uh, and the reality of a team knocking Phoenix off in a mini tournament like this uh, is going to be pretty difficult. Um, if Phoenix doesn't win Group B, it's a disappointment for Phoenix, and Phoenix fans will attest to that, and I will be the first to laugh about it on Twitter. Um, but <laughs> We all will be. Hey, but Orange uh, County knows how to win late, though. That's they the do. Thing. They, they know do. how to win late. They have that experience. Um if rising gets off to rough start, I, I just, I think that they get up for those two orange County games to put them behind the eight ball. I don't see them dropping many points against orange County. Those first two, first two games, uh, orange County is trying to figure their lives out with uh, a new team. Um, and I think Phoenix has too many weapons right now. Um, with San Diego, I thought they played a lot more loose in that second game, a lot, a little bit more on the front foot. I felt like they were a little bit hesitant against Vegas. Like they didn't want to lose at home. So they were worried about that. And it felt like they just didn't play with the same kind of freedom and um, kind of looseness that we saw in the, some of those preseason matches where they did play with a little bit more of a – uh, attacking mindset against Reno when they went to Reno. Um, unfortunately, they got the red card against Costa del Este, which we didn't really get to see a whole lot of the team from that. Um, how does San Diego make the playoffs? Um, 
I do think you're right. They need to win against Vegas and they need to win against Los Dos. Um, and they need to um, play Orange County close. Um, they get three shots at them. They need to, you know, if it's draw, 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 that's fine as long yeah. as they take care of business. And then if Phoenix takes OC out early, then it gives San Diego that kind of pole position to have the decider be in their favor or in their control versus, you know, if, if uh, San Diego drops some points to teams, they shouldn't drop points to, or uh, they drop some points to orange County. And then it's, we've got to hope for orange County or Phoenix to stumble. Um, so mm-hmm. I think San Diego has got to hope to like take care of Vegas, take care of a lot lows dose, and then just play as hard as they can to get points off of Orange County or, or Phoenix. And if they can do one of those two, they have a, a decent shot at, at being that dark horse. Yeah, um, there's there's no easy way to to really put it. You know what I mean? Because right, it. I mean, it's just it's just that triad of teams, you know. And and mm-hmm. you know, I mean, all you could really hope for is some teams to drop out due to COVID, and then they'd have to re repopulate the. Uh, the way that they pull teams into the postseason, but I mean, <laughs> but I mean to be to be serious and all and all like you're saying, Alan. I mean, it's true. It's like you can't drop three points to Los Dos and then and then only draw with with OC somewhere. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, but if you're gonna get wins on Los Dos and Las Vegas as we're as we're putting it, you know, if you're gonna get those wins, then it would help to like not necessarily just come out with one point every time against like a juggernaut team. Like you need to yeah. need, we need at least if we can get upset against Phoenix. It's nice, but don't get too happy after one win. We need to. So would you say that you're looking forward to feet? Like what games are you looking forward to most? In that, <laughs> in that grouping, just in that group, right? And anyone on the schedule. I mean, uh, I mean, I'm, you know, <laughs> you know, like I'm looking forward to, like what I hope to happen with with Loyal and Phoenix is I I hope that it's more it's more than three draws right mm-hmm. you know yeah. and I hope it's more than three draws um, I hope in fact um, I don't necessarily they don't need to be high scores I think I, the one thing I'm hoping for is that we don't have some like slaughterhouse where it's like <laughs> six to one or something crazy um, I think of that grouping what I'm looking forward to to answer that question is. I'm looking forward to a Phoenix SD slug out in Arizona, and I'm looking to a uh, OC Phoenix Rising. Um, that just that series altogether, because I mean that in so many ways is like the two, 2017 season, right, Alan? Like yeah. those two teams kind of going at it. Yeah, and I mean they they went out, they they uh, traded wins and. Um, each team won their home match. Um, and there is no love lost between those two teams uh, for sure. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm looking forward to the Las Vegas one on July 25th, uh, just because it'll be like a rematch of that first mm-hmm. first one um, and all the excitement. So, I'm looking forward to every single Las Vegas jersey that comes out. I think it's only half the, <laughs> half the amount now. So, I mean, I'd wonder if the fans are going to get to see the other uh, – what is it? What are they missing? They're missing maybe like 10 jerseys mm-hmm. now because they're going to be 26. 
<laughs> are they gonna do like a Mighty Ducks where they like switch kits at halftime? Oh like, where are the lights now? <laughs> is that right? in duck voice? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, that, that was my like my little kid peewee hockey voice. <laughs> right. <laughs> um I agree I agree with Chris that Orange County, Phoenix, Phoenix last three games. It's Sunday the 13th, uh Saturday the 19th, and then Wednesday the 30th. Uh it's home away home. I think those three games are like circled on my calendar. I think the early Phoenix game is gonna be fine, but I think those last couple matches, like if it's be if it's win or go home, those games are just going to be so fun to watch because I think mm-hmm. the teams are just going to bring it. Um, and to finish the season against the teams that you need to beat um, and back-to-back, you might have a chance of, of taking some points off of Phoenix there at the end uh, or Orange County there at the end. Um, yeah. Reminds me of like American football where it's like you look at the schedule and those last – Three games or two matches were like division games that mm-hmm, could be mm-hmm. totally deciding what the next step is. So, and the other game, there um, was something else about the schedule that was. Let me go ahead. When you say what you're going to say, I'm gonna, I'll come back to that. I was going to say the other game I'm looking forward to is Saturday's game against. Oh yeah, Real Monarchs. <laughs> it's in. Um, it's all right. Yeah, yeah, looking at looking at that match, a um, couple things to point out about Real Monarchs. They did win last year. Um, they were the champions of the USL. Uh, they eliminated a very uh, good, a very, very good uh, Louisville team in the final uh, on the road. Um, they had a crazy, crazy end of the year run, and they just got really hot at the right time and just kind of steamrolled the West toward the end of the season. Um, but if you looked at their roster, uh, so I wrote down the 18 players uh, that played or that were on the roster for that final game. And then uh, looking at the starting 11 and the subs that they used, uh, they have three players right now that are on the team. Uh, two players left, Caitlin Ryden. Uh, another guy ended up, he's on New York Cosmos. But a lot of their young kids, like the goalkeeper David Ochoa, Justin Portillo, Michael Chang, uh, these are very, very good players are now on the Real Monarchs roster. Um, I would assume that most of those names are in Orlando. Um, because they need some depth and they need some players. Um, if every player who is on the Real Salt Lake roster is actually in Orlando, you're looking at three names, essentially. Uh, two of the three goals were scored. Those players will probably not be playing. Um, so when you look at Real Salt Lake or Real Monarchs, um, you're looking at a team that's kind of had to retool and go young. Um, and there are some people who think that they're going to be fine. And there's others that feel that real monarchs are not going to be that same team that they were last year. Um, they had some really, really good talent. Yeah. Harry Ochoa was kept him in games. He was a phenomenal keeper, but is he the, is he the MLS third keeper in Orlando? 
Uh, he's on the ro- he's on their roster. Uh, so it was a little bit hard to find exactly who was going to play and who they're going to leave behind. Um, well, they did pull in Go- Gar- uh, Joe Gallardo uh, mm-hmm. from Richmond Kickers. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, in watching the Richmond Kickers in League One last year against Ford Madison, um, he is a guy that kind of plays up high a little bit as soon as, you know, the ball is won in the middle, uh, middle or to defensive third. Uh, they do put it up top. Uh, he does have speed bursts. So, uh, Gallardo definitely, I mean, again, if you go back and read articles, I mean, he was definitely quite the purchase because he was still on a contract. So the transfer fee was was nice for Richmond to get that in their purse. But uh, Gallardo is something with, someone with speed. He can score and he can definitely threaten even the most potent team. I mean, like I said, I saw that against forward Madison. If you want to go watch old League One games to see Gallardo before this uh, match, if you have that sort of time, Go back and watch the uh, Richmond Kickers forward Madison series, um, the and you can really kind of see like his talent to get an idea of what we're talking about. Because I mean, he's he's very skilled. He's got high 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 pace too. So, and they uh, they lost their first match um, of the year, um, and so there's there is some concern about Real Salt Lake or Real Monarchs. Uh, I'm gonna keep missing that messing that up. Um, <laughs> Is there, (laughs) is there, um, is there any concern that they're going to be as strong as they were last year, or is this a, a chance to, uh, kind of plant a flag in San Diego Loyal's young, uh, season where they're saying, Hey, we beat the defending champs. We're going to be a team that you need to look out for. Oh yeah. I think, I think that's the mentality that, you know, just from everything we're, we've heard from Landon, you know, and how he, I mean, maybe we're just biased because we're, we have like a in on all of the things they've been doing during, during lockdown. But I think the mentality is there uh, based on everything we've heard. So just, they're just lacking their two time defender of the year. Um, yeah, you know, and I know one person isn't a team, but sometimes one person can definitely certainly impact the back line, you know. Right. So, but yeah, it would be nice to beat Real Monarchs. I mean, obviously, or yeah, I was making sure I wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> like, At least I, one of us. Did. I got I got it right the first time. Um, <laughs> it, it would be nice to to get that that win, and and really any sort of out of group play is gonna be nice because. Once you get to the um, quarterfinals, semifinals, then that's where those sort of matches make sense. That's where, you know, what do they do in the previous matchup? So you're you're definitely hoping that, you know, I feel like with what we got, we got teams that are definitely going to probably be hitting postseason. So I mean, you know, you can yeah. definitely go back and look at the the history of the of the two teams. And this is going to be. Uh, their first three games, this is the second game out of their grouping that they're going to play. Uh, San Diego has um, had Tacoma. They'll have uh, Real Monarchs, uh, Reno, and Sacramento are their four games outside. So it's going to be really important uh, to win this one because the other two are going to be tough. Mm-hmm. Uh, Orange County has um, Reno, Sacramento, and El Paso, which they drew. Uh so there's a couple points outside of your group that you can make up. Uh, Phoenix has got a, a 
decently. Um, good lord. Uh, has, <laughs> Drew wants to be involved. <laughs> you, as soon as I mentioned Phoenix, I think he's like, ah. <laughs> Phoenix, Portland, Timbers 2, El Paso, New Mexico, and Reno. Uh, mm-hmm. So they have a pretty tough out of the group schedule. I think Orange County has the easiest because they're out of schedule um, is going to be. Let me pull that up. Um, while you're, while you're do- oh, good. Yeah. <laughs> now, while you're doing that, I was going to give a shout out to, to Dylan. I saw him in the room. I got yeah. to see him. <laughs> I got to actually see his real face oh. on, a, on a podcast, and I was like, "Wow, that's wow. Dylan." Dylan exists. He's not a. He does. He's not Doctor Claw <laughs> with the hand and the kitty in the lap. You know, he's he's real. <laughs> so, Orange County is El Paso, which they drew. Uh, Sacramento, Reno, and their out of group game, fourth out of group games, actually Las Vegas. Uh, so I think they have the easiest out of group uh, schedule out of the four. Um, so I, I think when you look at this game being big because the opponent, it's big because it's out of your group, and it's big mm-hmm. because if you can pick up six points outside of your group, that puts some pressure on right. out of group play. That like, hey, we got six points out of group. That we'll put those and we'll stick them in our pocket, and those might come in handy later. Right. Let's um, let's actually expand on that because I yeah. was I was actually trying to think about what the out of group points have to do in the bigger scheme of things is that going to be more towards what the seating would be when we're talking all these teams uh when we're pulling all these top two teams out is that where the points dictate the seating like i think they could um if you're looking at a versus b um you're whether or not you get phoenix or, or sorry reno or sacramento like if I'm Reno Sacramento, I'm looking, hey, I need to avoid wow. Phoenix as soon as possible or as much as possible. So I need those points against those out of group teams because those might be the difference between because they're in a group of four. So they play mm-hmm. each other four times so that you can pull even points. You win two, they win two. Now you're even with our group because we play each other three times. There's a, there's even more like a gamesmanship because you can't get an even split home and home. You're at home twice or you're away twice. So now you like three points up for grabs. So now it's like draws are a little bit different, but you can't just go, they got six at home. We'll get six at home and wipe each other out. Um, I think for some of these groups that have four teams, I think these out of group, um, out of group schedules, um, like the make it have a big impact. And if you look at like the teams in group C who play Phoenix, now you have teams that don't in that group. And now they have that. Hey, those that might be three three free points for us. Well, so it's like, like oh, go ahead. I just think those play are going to play a huge, huge role in who gets what and who has to play who in that first round. Well, I mean, it's going to be one and two versus one and two. It's going to be a one versus B two. Like we know that much, but I mean, when so probably after the quarterfinals is why I'm wondering, do overall points start to come into play when it's all mixed up? Because I mean. Initially, it's going to be A1 versus B2 and A2 versus B1, and we get that. And that's where, you know, how you did in your group makes a difference. But once you're past quarterfinals and you're into semifinals, you know, where it could be A versus uh, C or B versus, you know what I mean? Like where that gets mixed up is no longer, you're not looking at, I don't think you're looking at 
one and two seeded teams, you're looking at probably points overall. And that's what I'm wondering if that's where that comes into play. I just haven't seen anything out there about that. That is a great question. I will look it up. Um, any <laughs> players from San Diego, like, do we want to try and pick a starting 11 or is that going to be like shooting darts at a dartboard in the dark um, and hoping that we hit something correct? But is there is there a player or two that we think are going to be key in this matchup? No, I don't know. <laughs> um <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I think, I don't know. I really don't know. Cause I've seen a lot of updates. I mean, I think before the first match, we were able to watch a few scrimmages and see how they were playing. And I feel like I have to get reacquainted with them again. Like we know them personally and now I have to get them back into like how they play and how they work with each other. So that's where I'm coming from. But what well, about we know, you, Chris? well, we know them all night's been loaned out, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, and maybe they recall them if they need them, but, um, <laughs> but uh, I don't know. And they know. signed two new guys, I think, this week, right? Like two new yeah, local guys. Yeah, they signed guys. a couple. Yeah, guys from Chula Vista. Yeah. Uh, mm -hmm. a goal, uh, one of them was a goalkeeper. So I think Amal Knight is on loan for the length of the season, and then they picked up a third keeper um, mm -hmm. just I mean, I, in case. Yeah. I mean, I like the, the defensive aspect. I mean, Kyle Cement mm -hmm. is – is saying Greenspan. I agree with that. Um, yeah. Definitely Zizo there. I mean, you, you need you need your defense to stand up, yeah. you know. And and to me, like against a team like Phoenix that strikes in the sixty to seventieth minutes of most matches, they wait till you're tired, and then all of a sudden they run out their extra strength. I mean, mm -hmm. I care about the defense for sure. I mean, that's that's huge. Oh, yeah. Those are definitely two players that I, I think you have to have out there. I definitely think so. I think you looked at how strong the team looked uh, with Joe Greenspan in that center mm -hmm. of of the back three and what that was able to do to solidify that back line. Um, essentially, you get beat by a absolute wonder goal. Um, yeah. So it's like sometimes you just got to be like, I mean, he can strike that 100 times and that might hit that top corner like two or three. Um, right. So you, you look at that. I think Joe Greenspan and his health and his ability to um, stay on the pitch is going to be very, very um, important. I think he's probably going to be that key player because he goes down and now again we're already tight because we're nervous because it's the first match. And now we're even more nervous uh, because we now – um, don't have Joe in the, uh, the back and it kind of shakes your confidence a little bit. Um, mm -hmm. But I think having him back on that pitch is going to be a huge relief. Um, he's been, he's been there, done that defensive end of the year. I think he's going to play a huge role in kind of calming things down and making sure we restart uh, a little bit more relaxed and a little bit more confident. Finlandson is still, Finlandson is still the primary keeper that we know of, right? I mean, the roster yeah. on USL page, has like has this like phantom phantom player sitting there. I mean, I'm guessing that's just mm -hmm. a, a late acquisition. Yeah, looking at the playoff bracket that they posted, it's A1, B2, 
A to B1, and then they're all blank from there on in. Um, I would have, it looks like everything goes like in brackets. So like the top and bottom don't mix, but mm -hmm. Um, mm -hmm. I don't have any information that says that they're going to reseed, but um, I think they'd have to. Cause I mean, if it becomes B, B and C, right? Like how it's not really pertinent to have a one and a two at that point, because there's not going to be, I mean, unless they both went out, right? If if you guys, if if it becomes A versus B in, in the quarterfinals and the A teams went out, you know, Reno and Sacramento, each respectively, you know, went out against, say, Phoenix and OC or SD, Loyal, for that matter, um, then you got two A squads that advance to play either group C or D. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Um, so it's like, I don't know if the one and the one and two just, I, don't, I can't see it really mattering if you have a bunch of two squads sitting in there, you know what I mean? I think they're going to have to look at points overall. There's got to be some sort of other, uh, you know, like I, I thought that there might be like tiebreaker things happening, but I, I just wonder what else is going to matter. So to say. You yeah, matter, I, I, Chris, you matter. <laughs> you matter. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. This is a good time to remind you Black Lives Matter. Yes. Okay. True. They Over still matter. They still matter. Um, yeah. <laughs> score predictions. Yes. We've have we have a few comments from people watching. Uh Dylan says SD1 Monarchs 1. Mm. Kyle says SD2 Monarchs 1. Um I am going to go along with Kyle because this is like my thing to do 2-1. I don't know why. Um, but yeah, 2-1 SC Loyal. That's me. What about you, Alan? I am going to um, remain consistent. Uh, I think San Diego is going to win. And I do think they're going to win 2-1 to one as well. That's what I said on the Two Balls and a Mic podcast earlier this week. Uh, nice. So I can't change things up. Um, I got to stay consistent. Just ask Aiden Quinn. Yes. <laughs> and Chris? <laughs> hey, you know what, though? I, I think we get a point on the road, to be honest with you. So um, I don't think it's a banger. I don't think it's like some 2-2 or 3-3 type thing. I think it's, you know, I, I think, honestly, this first game back, I mean, I'm going to say mm, I think it's nil-nil. I think it's just a clean sheet for both. I think it's a it's a very heavily efforted you know game. Yeah. Just, you know. Uh, yeah, I mean, and they're all they're playing again for the first time competitively for a long time. So. Yeah. Um, yeah. To, John Kempen is still on the roster. He's the guy who started the second match, and then uh, the keeper that they signed is Austin Guerrero, um, and. Oh. I believe he will have, according to the, the roster, will be n the number one um, jersey. And then Ch Jordan Chavez is the other. Um, he comes through Albion and Chula Vista FC. Uh, and he's wearing kit number 25, I believe. I believe he's in 25. Uh, Glenn says 3-2 loyal on PK. Uh, get a last-minute penalty to uh put it up wow. three to two i'd i'd sign up for a three two win that'd be a fun yeah. exciting match to watch uh three two um 
And if you're listening and you don't follow, the match is on at one o'clock. That's correct. On Saturday. So that is correct. It'll yes, be on Deportes and CW locally. Yes. Hmm. So there's a few people doing a watch parties. I think like mm-hmm. Zoom watch parties and stuff. So yeah, keep your eye out. I know two balls and a mic did, is doing one. Mm-hmm. They put that out today. Um, I we will for sure amplify those watch parties so you yes. know how to get together digitally and watch the game together. Um, and Alan, we should we should I think we should watch the game together, Marissa. I think yeah, why not? I mean, another watch party. Yeah, you know we got we got some other we got some other screens we can show through this thing. I think we can. <laughs> hang out together and watch it It'd be sick you know we can like i don't know if this is even legal we could put the, the game in the, in the little in the little share screen and watch it together we just wouldn't be recording it so i mean it'd be fun yeah 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 we'd all no we'd problem. all go out and get those vegan uh oh vegan so, pork rinds speaking oh, of about those. man that's <laughs> what it's what we're we're doing here let me let me tell you about vegan. this oh wait let me Get, this we is we gotta get in, a spotlight on this, Chris. No, okay. not not sponsored. They haven't given us any money. There we go. Chris <laughs> is doing this out of the kindness of his heart. I, I really am doing this out of the kindness of my heart. So, so late night Facebook searches. All of a sudden, <laughs> I see Rob Deerdick, the man from Fantasy Factory, pop up, and he is talking about pig out. He's talking about pigless pork rinds, you know. And I'm all for a challenge, you know. So I'll I'll sign up. You know, I I started Brew to sign, too. right brew too. I I signed up for these, and then I was like, nah. I left it in the cart, and then all of a sudden, I got an email as I like to do to you, and they're like, hey, did you still want these? We'll throw a discount on them, and I'm like, well, hell yeah, of course I want them with a the discount. So I pretty much ordered the uh, four pack, the full size bags, which are these, um, 25 grams of protein, pea protein, by that matter, um. These things are bomb. I love pig out, you know. And, and honestly, I'm gonna tell them that I put that I plugged them on this for just out of the kindness of my heart. And I hope to get some more. I hope to be able to send them to you guys too, because yeah. there's nothing like powering your mental yes. with some pig outs, mm-hmm. uh, vegan pork rinds, and <laughs> I, I love them, dude. I'll, I'll tell you what, my favorite flavor, because I've already told some oh, people- what are the flavors. Okay, so I already told some people about this, and they have already purchased some, so it's already working. Do you have like an affiliate link or something? Like, <laughs> throw that up. So I'm, we can... I'm going to get one. I'm going to write a letter after this podcast. No, um, we really do need us. So, so flavors. Out. <laughs> flavors. They got nacho cheese. They got Texas barbecue. They got original, and then they got hella hot. Now, personally. I'm going with hella hot as your flavor. If you just want to buy all the same flavor, hella hot's the one you want. The second one I would suggest um, is probably going to be original because Texas barbecue is kind of this Carolina flavor for barbecue. So it's got kind of this sweet and tangy, not really kind of the mesquite thing you want. Mm-hmm. And then nacho cheese is just hitting you from like way out in left field. Like I don't even know. I've never had nacho cheese on a pork rind. I'm not really sure if I liked it. But I do like the products. And uh, you know what you can add for nacho cheese? You can add sprinkle some tapatio. Yeah, you could do that. I need to get these. We need to email them like right now. I want to get some. What if if you mixed? What if you mixed the barbecue with the hella hot? 
Oh, like a sweet and spicy. You know, I mean, whatever you like to do. Like, I'm gonna, <laughs> like you know, I, I was going to send y'all each a bag of these, but then oh. I ate them all. So, like, I mean, you know, each, each night I was oh. like, damn, I'm going to open a bag of these things. Forget There's sharing with friends. No better endorsement. I know, right? Um, oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> what? Um, <laughs> that's it. Yeah. No, seriously. So, like, this is like watch parties. Out. Yeah, watch parties mm-hmm. and pig out, you know? That's right. You got friends that don't like meat? Just hook them up with some pig out. It's all good. That's yeah. what I was going to ask. My wife doesn't eat red meat or pork anymore. So I was like, maybe, because mm-hmm. I do like pork rinds, maybe this is mm-hmm. the middle ground that we can compromise. Yeah. Um, yeah. Look, look, you could say, hey, I ate my greens for the day. <laughs> a pea protein. That still grosses me out. Pea protein. But then again, I teach middle school, so when I see hear pea protein, I don't think like vegetables, I think urination. Um, <laughs> So, you went there. You went I there. Did. I can't oh. believe you went there. Look, look, look. look. Let me Dylan, was like, Dylan already thought of it anyway. I know Dylan when pea protein was like, <laughs> pea protein. Um, hey, for someone yeah. like me, though, like I, I, I'll tell you, between that, I know we always talk about food. So the other thing I will tell you is I had the Impossible Whopper as well. Oh. And, it, and I even bought a regular one just in case I didn't like the Impossible. But the impossible was so damn good that I pretty much put the regular in the fridge. I'm on a different track right now. That's why. Uh, uh, get, get I missed last night, Dylan. That's why. Um, <laughs> Got to keep so, showing your face on on podcasts, then maybe he won't call you out. So that's it. So we match Saturday, and then the next match will be a home game Sunday, July 19th, which we will preview uh, next week. Uh, we're yes. actually getting in the game, so we'll recap the Real Monarchs. We will preview the Los Dos match on Sunday, July 19th. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're back to regularly scheduled programming where yeah. we don't have a guest. You just hear us and talk about food. Hey, um, we, we might have a guest. We know? might. Maybe. We'll see. Um, but, mm-hmm. Marissa, in the meantime, yes. where can we find you on the internet? You can find me at hashtag Marissa spelled out on Instagram and Twitter. What about you, Chris? Hey, you can find me at by Chris Walker on Instagram and Twitter. Both accounts are flexing hard. Sweet. Hi. And Alan, where you can, can we find me at a Underwood 48 on the Twitter machines. Um, yeah. Nice. Well, thank you guys. It was really good to see you all of us back together. Chris, thank you for your review on pig out. And uh, we will talk to you after our next match. And I'm so excited. (laughs) Yay. All right. Be safe, everyone. This and every episode is brought to you by the beautiful game network. You can find other podcasts on BGN.FM. Fairweather Podcast is also sponsored by Roughneck Scarves, the official scarf supplier to MLS, USL, and US Soccer. Get custom scarves for your group or team at roughneckscarves.com. Tired of the same old uniforms and cookie cutter templates from Nike and Adidas? Looking for a unique, completely custom kit for your youth club, Sunday League squad, adult, or even pro team? Icarus FC can help you create the kit of your dreams at an affordable price. Let them help you design your new custom kit today at IcarusFC.com.